Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through 1 Peter. Today is episode 1016, and we'll look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Let's read the passage. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good, and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. This is Peter's letter to the Christians in Asia Minor, 1 Peter. They're Experiencing persecution, and Peter's given them encouragement on how to get through this time. He tells them to focus on their salvation, focus on their relationship with God, focus on living holy lives, living in reverence for God, living in love with one another. And he talks about relating with the world. Live well in sight of the unbelievers so they can see your moral lives and glorify God. Live in submission to governing authorities. They tell slaves to live in submission to their masters. Now we're in chapter 3. He's continuing in this same way of relating to the world because he's focusing now on household things and why you can make the case he's focusing on wives with all husbands. His real focus is on wives with unbelieving husbands. So this is still looking to relating to the world. So we pick it up in chapter 3, verse 1. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their lives live, when they observe your pure, reverent lives. So he's telling the wives to submit to their husbands. That would be normal. No one would really balk at that. But you've got to remember the culture of the time. Normally, the husband establishes the religion of the household. The husband says this is what's going to be done, and the way it's going to be done as far as religion goes. These are the gods we're going to worship, the gods we're not going to worship. And that's the way it goes. Now, many of them tolerated their wives doing something on the side on their own, such as maybe going to the Jewish synagogue or going to the Christian church. But this idea that the wives were capable of having their own religion is actually quite outside the norm for this society. So even if your husband disobeys the word, they may be won over without a word. It's a little play on words here by the way their lives live. So it's similar to how he talked about living in front of unbelievers. Live your lives in such a way that people will see the sincerity of your faith. See your moral life. And he says when they observe your pure, reverent lives. And by purity, he's not talking about sexual purity. He's just talking about living well, reverent lives. 
reverence toward God. There's limits to submission to this unbelieving husband, even a believing husband. If what they say goes against what God says, then you have to obey God. There's limits. He continues verse 3. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes. Now, this has been a point of contention for many people along the way. What's, what's he saying here? He's not forbidding having your hair done. He's not forbidding wearing some jewelry. He's not forbidding wearing nice clothing. He's forbidding going to extravagance on this. So, if you think about that, if you're delving in extravagance on things like hairstyles, clothing, jewelry, what would be the motivation for that? Hey, look at me. It would be either to attract men, their attention, to compete with other women, or call attention to your wealth. All of which are sinful ideas. And so, he's saying, no, don't let that be the way you look good. Instead, as he's been saying all along, let people see how you live. Verse 4, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So sh people shouldn't be attracted to you by how you look. People should be attracted to you by how you live, by your character, not by your adornment. Verse 5, for in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorn themselves in this way. What way? Imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, submitting to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Well, Abraham is the father of the Jewish people, and Sarah his wife. And Sarah called him Lord all the time. Even in casual situations, she showed him that kind of respect continues in verse 6. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. There's some debate on this. What's, what's he really mean here? You have become her children. Some say you, you became her children when you came to Christ. Conversion, salvation, that's when you became her children. They seem to say, no, you became her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Yeah, that's what the language actually says. But I think his understanding is anybody who comes to Christ is going to do good and not fear any intimidation. So I think he's putting that all together. When you come to Christ and you do good and you don't fear intimidation, you became children of Sarah. Verse 7, husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Well, he had six verses on wives and one on husbands. Similarly, he had several verses to slaves and none on masters. I think his focus in the letter is about people suffering persecution. So, slave masters are not suffering persecution, and generally, husbands are not suffering persecution. But he does include the men here. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, what's he mean by understanding? Is he just saying, be smart about how you live? Well, kind of. But understanding what? There's two possible things, and I actually think he means both of them. Understanding the gospel. Understanding the will of God for how we live. Secondly, understanding 
your wife. And I think both of those are critical and important, and I think it's probably what he means here, although can't say for sure because he didn't define it, but in an understanding way. So when I say, how would you live in an understanding way with your wife? Well, you better understand what God has said, but you also need to understand something about your wife. And he says, and live in an understanding way as with a weaker partner. Now, the little translation is vessel. There's several ways to translate vessel, but he's just saying a, a person. Now, how weaker? Well, two ways, I think. One, weaker physically, but perhaps just as important, weaker societally. Women had very little rights in the way of the society. And as weaker physically, they could be intimidated by the bigger, stronger husband. And if they were, there wasn't anything the society was going to do about it. So the challenge here for the men is understand that's where she is physically and societally. She is in a more challenging position. That's part of your understanding, what the world is like for her. It continues as showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. So show them honor, respect. He's basically saying, Christian men, respect your wife and understand they are co-heirs of the grace of life, meaning they are equal in the sight of God. They have the same standing before God as you do. And it continues, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Why would your prayers be hindered? If you're disobedient to God, you may find your prayers are hindered. And so he's basically saying here that not doing this is disobedience to God. God is not pleased with this. So of course your prayers are hindered if you're defying the word of God. So through this, it's set in the context of their time. But if we pull it out of that, he's basically telling the women, live in submission to your husbands and let them see your faith by how you live. You're not going to win them over by nagging them. You're not going to win them over by challenging them. You're not going to win them over by defying them. You're going to win them over by how you live. And your submission to them is not without bounds because your primary submission is to the Lord. And don't devote yourself to extravagant whatever it takes to look good. And he specifically talked about hair, jewelry, and clothing. But there's all kinds of things, how you look good. Don't focus instead on how you look good. Focus on your character and devotion to the Lord. Let others see those aspects of your character. Husbands, Understand your wives. Understand what God says about living with a wife. Show her honor. Realize she is every bit of Christian and child of God as you are. And God's watching. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through First Peter.